And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for this special report. I'm Cole Johnson of Cole Sports, and this is your Why Not Sports short. Good morning, good evening, and or good night. No, for the, for those uh, who's listening, like Murph, why are you starting off the show like this? Well, uh, it's 2019. For those who have been asking me about this individual yes i have the man that put up with my shenanigans um someone that definitely has gave me the mindset of don't quit just keep going but world i have my university head coach when i was at Anum corpus christi so i have basically in my eyes a hall of fame coach been coaching for I'm gonna say man over f- five decades, and if I'm lying, you you definitely can object. Played ball, very impactful for the game. World, help me welcome Coach Ronnie Arrow. What's up, Coach? Thank you, thank you again for welcome, welcome, blessing us with your presence on Why Not Sports. Derek, nice to be with you. Uh, looking forward to our visit here. Um, it's always nice to talk to ex-players and uh, people that they've had an impact with. Oh, man, no, not a problem, not a problem. So, Coach, if you can let the world know, just introduce yourself. I gave a small snippet, but I know you went to Southwest Texas State, which is now Texas State. Just let them know your upbringing and where you've been and all that good stuff. Well, uh, I appreciate the time, and uh, it's been a, uh, actually 36 years that I coached and uh, different places. I was fortunate that a lot of people, a lot of uh, individuals that go into coaching uh, move four times in four years when they first start out. I actually just moved four times in my whole career mm. and uh, been very fortunate to be able to have good players, good schools to work for, uh, good people to work with, and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, this is an occupation that there's only one way to enjoy it, and that's to be able to get good people around you uh, and win. Uh, coaching is not a profession that you'll probably stay in long if you're not winning, and uh, I was fortunate to be able to do that a uh, long time ago. When I was just a little fella, uh, <laughs> my mom worked at a community center. Every day during the summer, I'd go with her, and there'd be a gym, there'd be a swimming pool, there'd be a weight room, there'd be racquetball courts, handball courts. So I sort of grew up around that uh, 
athletics. And uh, it was a good run, and I was happy that my parents instilled in me work ethic like they did. My dad worked. He was a engineer uh, for a railroad there in Houston. My mom was a secretary for 40-plus years. So um, it was it was always interesting to be able my, – my brother was interested in the arts and dancing, and so we were sort of – uh, each at one end of the spectrum. So pretty much my mom, uh, my parents went with both of us, but when it got down on both nights, if we were doing the same and uh, doing something at the same time, generally my dad would go with me and my mom would go with my brother. Hmm. So um, I was fortunate. I was able to be able to grow up in a home that did not have a lot of money, but had a lot of love and uh, we were able to stay together, and um, my parents uh, raised two boys and uh, did a good job doing it. Nice, nice, nice. And that's something, too, Coach, as we was talking about offline as far as, like, <clears throat> the love um, of the game, the love that you instilled in your players because this is an indication. I haven't played – ball with you since 2004 and here it is 2019 and we it's just like we picked up where we really never left off so it's for me it's kind of like wow man so that's love and, and just the love for the game and and the love and respect i have for you is is something i don't take lightly so no i definitely appreciate that so when you were deciding on a school was it like I'm going to go to, at that time, Southwest Texas State, where you're getting a whole bunch of recruits, a whole bunch of letters. Like, how did that process work out for you? Actually, when it got down to it my senior year, I was fortunate. To, we won the state championship. Uh, I was a starting point guard at uh, Jones High School in Houston, and we won the state championship my senior year. I was fortunate enough to play with some good players in the Phillips brothers that went on and uh, played at SMU. And um, actually, after that year, uh, my three choices at the end was, uh, at that time, Southwest Texas, Lamar, and Pan American. Uh, three good uh, basketball schools and uh, just really liked uh, San, uh, San Marcos and decided to go there. Uh, Billy Tubbs was the assistant coach at Lamar at the time, and he went on to have a great career at Lamar in Oklahoma. Uh, had Wayman Tisdale. Mm. I, I kid him all the time that he was known as such a great recruiter and he couldn't even sign me. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it worked out. It worked out really good. Uh, enjoyed my stay and uh, went there four years to Southwest Texas had good teams there, and uh, after I got through there, I coached one year at a junior high in Houston, uh, George Washington Junior High, and after that, it seemed like I always had good games against Sam Houston State. My last game there was I had 28 points, and 18 of those were free throws. I kept fouling them. Back then, there wasn't a shot clock, so I could, at the end of games, I could just dribble around a long time and until uh, I got fouled, and I always was a good free-throw shooter. So 
after that first year, Coach Porter and Coach Williams at Sam Houston State called and asked if I wanted to be graduate assistant, and I jumped on that in a heartbeat, and we were fortunate to have good players. I learned a lot of basketball from those two individuals. Coach Williams actually just passed away this past year. A mm. uh, phenomenal person, and not only a great coach. You know, there's a lot of good coaches out there, Derek, that are fortunate enough to be able to be given the opportunity to coach in college. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of high school coaches and other um, levels that aren't given the opportunity to coach in college. And uh, they gave me an opportunity. I took advantage of it. We actually was ranked number one in the nation in NAIA uh, my last year and great times and then for there I got the head job at uh, Pasadena High School stayed there for three years Uh, had some good players there Uh, that before we went there they had won four games the year or five games a year before we went in the first year won 15 and the next two we went over 30 and uh, then I was asked to be assistant coach with Wayne Ballard at San Jacinto Junior College, and it just seemed like after two years of being an assistant, I got the head job, and uh, it just sort of took off after that in my career. And did it take off? So that is when you started getting the Division One uh, looks, and you landed uh, a spot with South Alabama. You know, it was funny. It was funny. Eric Wood won three national championships, and during that time at San Jack, during that time I had about uh, maybe three or four interviews at Division One schools. Hmm. During that time, <clears throat> at the end there, we won 71 games in a row from one year, winning the national championship to the next year. We had won 71 games in a row. Wow. And it just so happened, game number 72 – was at the national tournament. Uh, Mookie Blaylock hit a jumper uh, for McLennan Junior College and uh, uh, kept us from winning four national championships. And uh, <laughs> Joe Godfrey, who was the athletic director at South Alabama, saw game number 72 that we got beat. <laughs> and uh, when I got back, when I got back to the uh, hotel. Uh, the light was on to call Joe, and uh, he was at the game, and we talked and went for the interview and got the job at the uh, University of South Alabama. And from there, in two years, we had peanut butter and jelly and beat Alabama in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, we had seven good years at uh, University of South Alabama. Uh, after that, and uh, uh, I left there um, and was out of coaching for two years. Hmm. And then they called from uh, Tim Floyd, who was a good friend of mine, who I think at that time, I think he was, I don't know, he might have been at UTEP or he might have been at USC, uh, called me and said if I want, asked me if I wanted to get back and coach. And a friend of his just got the AD's job at, Texas A&M in Corpus, and they were starting a new program. 
And would I be interested? He wanted to get somebody from Texas that had Division One experience as a head coach. And uh, that was my first. And then uh, they called me from Texas A&M in Corpus and went down there and uh, went about seven years uh, there also. And then they called me back and uh, asked if I wanted to come back to South Alabama and uh, went back there. So for the listeners out there, so Coach, he was at South Alabama the first uh, first go around, then took some time off, like he said, then signed with my university, Texas a Corpus Christi. Then once that uh, time was uh you know done with for him then that's when he went back to south alabama but you guys know the texas and um corpus christi part is what the listeners been waiting for because of course i'm alumni and you coach are a hall of famer at the university so we're going to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind good good times good times we met we met in 2001 and went to 2004. Yeah. Um, when I first went there, we didn't have a we didn't have a team. Uh, all I did was recruit, and we had two players uh, that I had recruited that uh, one from a junior college and one from UTEP, and uh, they sat out that year, and we recruited and uh, brought in. Uh, some really good players and actually the first year of having a program, I think we went 14 and 14 mm-hmm. and uh, surprised everybody. It was funny because the president, when I went in for the interview asked Ronnie, why would you want to come and start a program that doesn't have a program? And when I say didn't have a program, I had five offices the first year. We had no basketballs. We had no uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we went around recruiting and uh brought uh in some uh, very good players and uh, went and competed and during that time there at texas a&m uh we beat florida state uh we beat texas a&m mm-hmm. we beat baylor we beat texas tech <laughs> got some home cooking at university of texas uh or we had a chance to beat them mm-hmm. and um Actually, that game that uh, we had a chance to beat Texas at Texas, uh, you had 14 points uh, against them. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we went out, uh, I think it was that uh, same year, the year after, and uh, your junior year, actually, it was your junior year. And I think that might have been your best game when we played University of Hawaii. You had 23 points and seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were the type of player, Derek, that every year that you were there, you led the team. And I think one instance was ranked uh, in nation uh, on percentage. Uh, you went from 55 to 60% shooting percentage from the floor uh, just about every year that you were with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was our leading rebounder one year. So, you know, we had some some players that, Brable, Corey Lampkin, mm-hmm. best six four kid that I that I ever coached. You know, <laughs> yes. We turned we 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 turned I think we listed them at six five, but we turned that program around uh when we were able to get 
three or four players from San Antonio and uh, Tyran uh, Mitchell. Actually, Tyran was there from Corpus, but mm-hmm. Corey Lampkin and uh, Travis and Thomas Bailey. Bailey, yep. right. Yep. And uh, they came and sat for one year. Mm-hmm. And then we had them for four. Chris Daniels, yep. Uh, yep. Yep. you know, we listed them at 6'10, 6'11. But when you get up there, you might even say seven feet. <laughs> right. uh, we put all those kids sat for one year, and that was the nucleus of us to be able to do what we did um, in a Corpus. And by the time <laughs> we won that thing, uh, they were just about all seniors. And uh, we were in 2006. We went from no program at all, and nobody would let us into a conference cause, mainly because we didn't have football. Mm-hmm. And right. we were Division One independent, traveling all over uh, the country trying to get games. It's funny because <clears throat> scheduling is a monster every year because we weren't in a conference. I had to schedule 28 games every year. Wow. And that was interesting. So uh, then we got into the Southland Conference, which the coaches didn't want us in because we had all these seniors coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you – you and uh, the guys that we had playing for us early when yep. we first put the program together were the uh, fathers of this program, and um, it was it was y'all that put us on the map to be able to get other players uh, to come to Texas A and M Corpus Christi and Michael Hicks. Mm-hmm. I coached 17 guys that played in the pros from San Jack all the way through my uh, coaching career at all four schools I was at. Mm-hmm. And Michael Hicks was, I would say, in the top two. He was the last guy to be cut by the Knicks, and then he, he's still playing. Uh, <laughs> I think he's playing in Uruguay. I talked to him about. I talked to him about. Oh, probably about a year ago, we keep in a pretty decent contact, and he's still nice. playing, and uh, he's doing skill development over there, so he's giving back. And, you know, as a coach, you like to have good experiences, but right. in my opinion, the best thing that I get to see, especially now that I'm not coaching anymore, is to be able to see the ex-players that you had mature and then be able now they have their families and be able to raise their kids and have a good relationship mm-hmm. with their family and their wives and see them prosper now in this crazy world that we live in now. Right. Well coach, I appreciate it too, man, for, you know, uh, recognizing me as a as a pioneer uh, for the university and for the program and for the listeners you know, I want them to know the same thing because I was highly recruited and um, I knew what I was going to get myself into. However, people that know me, I'm sure you shake your head. I've always had a warm heart. I've always wanted to do something that was bigger than me. And this was a prime example, even as a teen. And you said, Derek, 
you will not be in the conference. I'm like, eh, okay. But you will travel, play against the UTs, University of Illinois, go to Hawaii. Like, we going to go play against the big universities more than if we was in a conference. I was like, well, word, let me see, you know, talent-wise where I stand. So, you, you, you did your part also in pushing me with the one, two, or three a days and still trying to balance school and – Universal college life as a student athlete for me personally taught me to juggle life and help me transition to the real world because as you know coach it's strictly like you said it's just not coaching you're recruiting you watching film you gathering your staff you're making sure your uh your players are doing what they're supposed to do so we can stay eligible so college sports in the in, in a nutshell is about balance <laughs> and doing the best you can to keep the NCAA from, you know, not allowing us to play. Or like you said, preventing you from not having a job. So salute to you right. as well, coach. Well, you know, a lot of times individuals go and play for coaches and, and you're right. I, I have a saying that if you could coach before you played, you'd be a better player. And it's so true. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen because a lot of kids, there's a lot of pressure on coaches, especially nowadays, because there's so much money out there to be made uh, for coaches. There's a lot of money to be made, whether it's overseas, whether it's in the NBA, whether it's in the division, the G League or the D League, there's money out there to be made and everybody wants a piece of it. And unfortunately, not everybody is going to get a piece of it. And a lot of kids feel like that they're being mistreated, misunderstood. Uh, You don't understand me. And that's why last year in Division One, there was over 800 Division One players. Now, this is just guys. I don't know about girls. Mm Mm-hmm. But over 800 Division One players that transferred from one school to another, 800. Mm. And in this crazy world that we live in right now, you have two choices. You go, you made a decision, and it may not be the right decision. You might have done it because it was a big name. Uh, you wanted to go and play on TV, and so you went over your head it's different reasons why it doesn't work. And some of them transfer and have a great career. Some of them transfer and then transfer and then transfer because it's never right. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a school, that's why it's so important to understand the coaches, especially the head coach, uh, to understand the area that you're going to, to understand who you're going to be playing with, what positions you're going to be playing. Don't just go, but go, I'm going to be on TV 20 times, or uh, we're going to fly everywhere, or we're going to, that might be over your head, or it might be a perfect fit. But I found out one thing that kids that feel mistreated, and it may not work the first time, so they transfer. But if you have a tendency to transfer and then transfer, and then transfer, chances are after you get through with your career, 
the rest of your life is going to be having the same ways mm-hmm. that you take a job. Ah, they they don't understand me. Right. So you go get another job. Yeah. And you go get another job. Come on. Uh, you don't understand the discipline of having a family. So, uh, you know, you feel like all of a sudden you get married, then you have a son or daughter, you have a kid, and then all of a sudden the pressures come. Did you learn how to handle pressure through the sports that you took and that you were a part of, or did you couldn't take it? It was too much on you. So you quit or you transferred or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a strong relationship, in my opinion, of how you handle sports and then how you handle life in general after sports. Yeah. And 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 that's why I was telling you earlier, Coach, <clears throat> because my junior year for me was, um, you know, one of those trying times, man. Um, for me, it was uh, trying to decide if I want to be a perimeter player or inside player. And I was struggling. And it was like you said, it was one of those times, man. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I want to be kind of a, you know, slasher. And he was like, no, no, Derek. No, I'm like, but coach, I can slash. I, you know, I got a quick first step. I'm Because physically, it was beating me up trying to be an inside player. And I'm just telling on myself for the world. You know, again, we grown and moved on. But for me, like you said, I had to find a way to still play within the, your system and also be productive. And here I am later on in life. It's the same thing where I worked at or in relationships. It's going to be things that might not be what you're used to or accustomed to. But if you find the positive in making that adjustment, at the end, it's going to help you become a better person or a complete person. Or maybe your story or situation can help someone else later on down the road. And playing for you and under you mentally has got me to a point now like man bring it because my senior year like you said i came i was ready i had the headbands i was the flamboyant guy i, I you know i led the the, the team with over 60 percent at that time it was a, a team record and of course lampkin broke it the year after but my senior year because of my junior year going through that trying moment on what I was going to do, I went back that summer and said, you know what, I'm just going to do what I have to do. And I was most improved player. Uh, I was that would be, be my third year as captain. And I wanted to just bring this up before we start closing the show. Lee Denman. I was able to win the Lee Denman Community Award my senior year. And yeah. Remembering Lee was was uh, tragically shot in yeah. Los Angeles yeah. uh, by uh, it was just a bad situation. Great, great young man, mm-hmm. and I will say, Derek, too, there are coaches that make mistakes uh, also on possibly how much playing a kid, how much where to play him, and this mm-hmm. and that. But nowadays, like. What I do now, I do skill development with kids here in Mobile, Alabama. And then when I go back to Conroe, Texas, I have camps there. And um, nowadays, guys like you, you know, you got six foot eight point guards now. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you you got kids now taking skill development three right. or four times a week right. and working on moves, whereas like in your case now six seven, I mean truthfully now six sevens can really be uh, a point or an off guard. Yeah, <laughs> and you know Mike Hicks as great as he was, the reason why he didn't stick in the NBA. Uh, and I'm talking about Mike Hicks. I, uh, I mean, he was in the top three kids that I coached. Yeah, are the ones that played in in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why he didn't stick is because he didn't have a proven outside shot. Mm. Um, and couldn't hit consistently out there. But in today's world, if he would have worked at it, worked out, he probably would have made the NBA. Yeah. But there's too many kids nowadays, and it's not just kids. It's our whole society. Everybody wants instant gratification. Yes, sir. Everybody, they don't want to pay their dues. Uh, like I was, you know, I coached for eight years, six years before I got back into college. And now, you know, people want to go get a job and work for two hours and become the head man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, assistant coaches want to go be an assistant for one day and then go be the head coach. Mm-hmm. And I'll say again, if you could be a head coach before you were an assistant, you'd be a better assistant because mm-hmm. you'd understand what being a head coach and all the different um, things that you have to put up with and what you got to do and right. get your assistance. And that's why you've got to have good assistants. You've got to have good players to be a good coach. That's been a constant in the 36 years, the better players you have, the better chance you have to win big. And world. So, oh, go ahead, coach. No, it's, it's, it, it's a strange and it carries over to life after your sports. Yes, sir. And the kids that can put up with the discipline can put up with the hard grind that uh, players have to put up with these days are the ones that are successful. Do they make a million dollars a year? No, but I count being successful is having a good family, a good job, giving yourself an opportunity to move up, but have a good life and a good family. Mm-hmm. And that's what this crazy world is all about. Well, I appreciate the warm compliments again, Coach. And, and I was just going to just add that I want to give shout outs to your assistant coaches while I was at the university. As well, I know Coach Helton, Coach Andy Helton, uh, Coach T were uh, vital in my development on and off the court. So definitely want to give those guys a shout out. You know Coach doing. Taylor is right. You know Coach Taylor's assistant at Sam Houston. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, so I he just is. talked to him the other day, and they're in first place. Actually, they beat Corpus. <laughs> Uh, I texted him. I said, they're not going to let you back in the city limits of Corpus. <laughs> they beat Corpus the other night, I think, you know, pretty decently. But, mm. uh, yeah, they're in first place, having a good year. And uh, you're right. Uh, you have to have good players, but you better have good assistants. And Coach Helton and Coach Taylor were the best. Yes, sir. Yes, And sir. I had other good assistants, too, but those really helped me uh, get it going. And uh, they're – Coach Helton is assistant at uh, St. Francis in Pennsylvania now also. Okay. See, I got to go reach out to my coaches, man. I just got – well, I just got a coach go. with con, uh, Coach T. Coach Helton, once you hear this, 
We're going to connect real soon. So, uh, But, Coach, man, we, we put in some work, man. I, I, I truly want to thank you. It's uh, over a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a pleasure always to talk uh, to my uh, uh, players, my assistants. It's a lot of fun. We had a lot of good memories. One thing they can't take away from individuals, and uh, that's great memories. And mm-hmm. we did have – we had good memories at every school I was ever at. Uh, there were some other memories too, but I always have a tendency to remember the good ones. And <laughs> you were a part of a lot of good wins uh, yes, sir. at uh, uh, Texas A&M in Corpus. Yes, sir. I remember, Murph, you're going to have a coronary. Coach, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, Coach. I've been up since four. Man. Just, just remember one thing. You never know your true inner self till you've been pushed to the nth degree. And, you've never, and you never know your true inner self until you've coached. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and that's why I'm passionate. I'm, and world, I don't know. I'm going to go because we got things to do. Big D got a hair uh, po- uh, cut appointment. But I'm telling y'all, Hello. Coach Arrow pushed me. But I use that as motivation. So y'all think, oh, Merv, you the motivator. Coach, can you agree? What not? When you first signed me, you said, oh, yeah, you can be the captain of the team. And I was yeah. sophomore, yeah. junior, and my senior year. I would lead the huddles. I would lead the team. I would get the guys hyped. And then coach would kind of just, you know, wave his hand up. Like, let's go, coach. You know, but anyway, y'all, what, what y'all hear today is how I was back then. And I'm just glad coach is here. Not only to validate that, but just to see that even years later, we still have a rapport. And for those who listen, it's always good to reach back to those who've had an impact in your life. And if it wasn't at that time what you felt was the right thing, as you look back, just reach out and say sorry or thank you. It really goes a long way for your personal development. So, Coach, thank you. Again, truly thank you, man. And um, I already got with wifey. I'm working on them plans to come and see you and celebrate with you for your Hall of Fame achievement. Yeah, we're going to have fun uh, there on uh, February the 8th. I uh, was fortunate to be told that I'm going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in, at uh, Texas A&M in Corpus. So, hope to see some of my ex-players there. Yes, sir. So, the I big homie working Josh on is going to be there. So, okay. hopefully we'll have some other ones. Yes, sir. Come yes. see us. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Well, Coach, if any last remarks, any words for closing, is you got it, man. Hey, if you're a player, work hard, deserve to be good, and then listen. Mm. And then go put forth every effort that you have, every ounce that you have to be able to be the best that you can be. There it is. Well, world, for those first-time listeners, thank you. Uh, My coach just helped me with my 2019 campaign of my personal journey as a person, especially as a student athlete here on Why Not Sports. So it's, I'm sorry and I'm apologizing. I guess I shouldn't, but it's all about timing. Yes, it shouldn't have took this long, but you know, I've had my father, I've had some other great people in my personal development, but to have my head coach who recruited me, who's seen me graduate and the impact I've had in the city and even to this point still showing love and support for me is truly humbling and an honor. But to reach me on Twitter and Instagram is at isdmurf. Email me, isdmurf at yahoo.com. Guys, thank you. Continue to be strong. Reach back. 
And like Coach said, work hard and don't expect instant gratitude. But in the long run, it'll all be well worth it. Catch y'all next time. Peace. For now, I am Cole Johnson of Cole Sports. And this has been your Why Not Sports Short. This has been a special report from Why Not Sports. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress.